We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the show. My name is Trevor Lane for LakersNation.com. Well, the Lakers finally did it. Made a trade. Rui Hachimura, welcome to LA. We're going to talk a bit tonight about what went down, how the Lakers pulled this off, got the deal done to land the wing that they've been looking for. If you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts after the fact, welcome in. If you're watching the YouTube version on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, Make sure you're subscribing there as well. And if you're joining me live right now on AMP, welcome in to the live version of the show. I am going to be taking in some callers, so you can use that feature to call directly into the show, and we'll talk Lakers basketball. It's a lot of fun. And we'll be chatting for the next hour and a half or so about the purple and gold. And again, what a night to get to talk about the Lakers because they did just pull off that big trade landing, Rui Hachimura. Um, we're also going to get into some of our Super Chat questions from our last live stream, which was the post-game show after the Lakers got that incredible win over the Portland Trailblazers. Man, that, that feels like it was a while ago that that happened. It, it feels like somehow because of the trade stuff that went on today, it feels like that was ages ago, and yet it was less than 24 hours ago that we were talking about this incredible comeback win for the Lakers against the Portland Trailblazers. It's really been kind of a just some positive news. Like the last few days, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx them here, but everything's been pretty positive over the last few days for the Lakers. I mean, we talk about the Anthony Davis return update, things looking good there. We talk about now winning a game against the Memphis Grizzlies, winning a game against the Portland Trailblazers, both of them where the Lakers kind of had to gut it out down the stretch and find a way to get the job done. And now you've got the Rui Hachimura trade. You know, we've been saying all along, are the Lakers going to do it? Are they going to pull the trigger on a deal? Are they going to balance out this roster and bring in any kind of wing help? I've been talking about it since July, literally, that this team is not balanced. This team has too many guards. This team is not set up properly. They needed more wings. And now, here we are, Rui Hachimura coming to L.A. Let's bring in some callers here. I know some people are going to be asking about this trade, what's going on with the Lakers. And uh, and all of that. So we'll bring in one right now. Uh, as soon as they get on, we'll bring them in for some questions and some comments and things of that nature. But just to break down the trade itself, Rui Hachimura heading to L.A. And then you've got Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks, two of them coming in 2028 and 2029. Now, the Chicago 2023 second also goes out. That could actually be a pretty decent second-round pick. But three second-rounders 
for Rui Hachimura. Uh, I've got Daffy D coming in. Daffy, how, how are you doing? Good, Trent. How you doing, man? It's a good day to be a Laker fan, right? That's right. That's right. You've got back-to-back wins, and then yeah. they get the deal done. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on the trade? Do you like the deal? Rui Hachimura coming to L.A. Uh, man, I think this is great, man. I think this is like a sneaky good move by Rob. You know, because you, you accomplish so many things. You know, Rui's young. Uh, Rui's hungry. You know, if you watch those inter- interviews, and if you've been following him this year, the guy, the guy's hungry, man. The guy, like, he's ready to bust out of his shell. You know, things that he's good at, man. Like, he, he's a good uh, corner three-point shooter. How many looks, you know, do the Lakers give corner three-point shooters? Especially when AD gets back. It's just um, the guy's solid. You know, he's six foot eight, mm-hmm. but he's not slender. You know, he's solid. He's got all kinds of defense potential, man. Like, th- this, I-, I just think, you know, in my book, you know, the other people say, oh, yeah, you know, solid B for Rob, whatever. I think, man, Rob, you get an A for this one, in my book. You know, because this is this is the move that we didn't see coming. You keep your first-round picks, and you, you have so much salary ballast to, to be creative as teams start to, um, you know, open guys up. And, you know, for me, I look at a guy like JTA or JTJ. Uh, our GTJ, sorry, uh, Gary Shen Jr. And I just think, ooh, that that might be a perfect fit for this Lakers roster, man. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I'm in agreement. I think he could be an interesting one, but I think you're you're right, and you touched upon something there that we're definitely going to have to talk about on on the show, and that's that you're not done necessarily, right? Because you've done this deal, because you landed a wing now, and Rui Hachimura, and we can talk all about his contract, and we'll get into all that kind of stuff, how the Lakers can keep him, and they definitely can, but. You're getting Rui Hachimura, and you don't have to give up your two main assets, and that's those two first-round picks, 2027 and 2029. Those are your two big assets. So now, if the right deal comes along, you can go and make that sometime between now and the trade deadline. And I also think by getting this deal done for second-rounders, does that fire the opening shot? Because all we've been hearing from the teams that are acting as sellers on the market is slamming their fists on the table and saying, give us first. Eric Gordon, I yeah. want a first-round pick. Yaka Pertle, two first-round picks. Uh, who else is that? OG Ananobi, all the first-round picks, right? Like, you've got everybody is demanding first-round picks. The Lakers pull off a deal. It doesn't require first-round picks. There's going to be a domino effect on the market, and I think that could lead to more deals like this where it's not quite costing as much as we were talking about just a few days ago in order to get deals done so the Lakers can still be opportunistic as they get closer and closer to the deadline, and hopefully the market does start start to soften and price comes down. So a long-winded way of saying, yes, Gary Trent Jr. I think would be a great fit. I think there's a lot of other guys that now the Lakers have, have afforded themselves some flexibility where they can be a bit more opportunistic on the trade market from here. Yeah, and if you think about it, like, like Rui's 24, right? So you got him, you got control over Austin Reeves, right? Max Christie's 19. You know, we love all those guys. If they were to find a way to, to re-sign KB, you know, we're starting to see, like, hey, like, this might not just be, like, LeBron walks off into the distance. Like, you can almost, you know, toe the line and, and prepare for both if they keep doing it right, you know. But here, here's one thing I'll, I'll uh, kind of ask you your thoughts, and then I'll, you know, jump off and give other people some chance to sure. ask your questions is, um, it's really, really, really interesting to see what they do with Russ now because I think we've kind of grown, grown to the point where um, some, night, some nights Russ uh, frustrates the heck out of us, and then sometimes we're like, ah, you know what? 
you know, like, all right, I can, I can dig it a little bit, you know. Um, but with this trade and they're going to plan on resigning Rui, you know, they're going to resign a guy restricted. Yep. So that kind of eats into your cap space. So that, that, um, all that salary that they think they were going to get in, in the summer, yeah, it gets a little bit more complicated. So it's like, okay, do you, now do you use Russ's salary to go get pieces to basically like you've been taught, you talked about it a ton, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, be your roster of the future. Well, if you got Russ's 47, you know, you have a chance to do that. There's a lot of guys, like you said, you know, if you strike the right deal with his contract, we might be rolling. This might be a, a, a three-year window. You might extend the window here, you know. So, and it's, just, it's my thoughts and, um, you know, yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll right, jump man. into that and I'll let yeah. – I'll- I'll let you jump off with uh, with that one, but appreciate you coming on. Thank you for the comments. And uh, again, I have a second show in a row for you. Appreciate the conversation. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Trev. Thanks. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. So Russell Westbrook. So what does this mean now for the Lakers moving forward when we look at Russell Westbrook's salary and what the Lakers can do from here now that they've made this trade for Rui Hachimura? Because he's absolutely right. What's going to happen now is the Lakers are going to have Rui Hachimura's cap hold sitting on their books, and that's going to eat into their cap space. Uh, Keith Smith and I talked a lot about this on the front office show today. I also put a clip up up from it, a pretty long long clip. We get long-winded when we start getting into salary cap stuff, particularly when it pertains to trades, but I put that up on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel as well. But essentially, what this means is that the Lakers, until they actually sign Rui Hachimura to another deal, um, Keith threw out there, maybe he gets a deal starting at, say, $10 million. It's going to significantly, Hachimura's cap hold is going to significantly cut into the Lakers' spending power for this coming summer to the point where it might not make sense to stay as a below-the-cap team unless they can get a deal done pretty quickly as far as keeping Rui Hachimura. It won't be an extension, but if they can get a deal done fairly quickly, um, then what they can do is use that money again. So, for example, if the cap hold is sitting at right about $18 million, uh, you've got, so let's say you have $30 million under the uh, under the cap, so you've got that kind of money to go spend. Hachimura's cap hold's taken up $18 million. That only gives you about $12 million to spend. It's not worth it for, for $12 million. You might as well go above the cap, have your mid-level exception, have your biannual exception, hang on to all your cap holds, including Russ from last year, and just continue to operate as an above-the-cap team. And I know all the cap stuff gets complicated at times, but um, the way that it might make sense, though, to drop back below the cap and renounce say Russell Westbrook, renounce some of these guys that are that you'll have some money on the books sitting there for, um, just in terms of the cap holds, that money that the NBA sets aside, assuming that you are going to bring back that player. The way it makes sense to drop below the cap is if you can get Rui Hachimura to say, yeah, hey, I'll do, give me a four-year, $40 million deal, right? And so $10 million a year flat. I'm just throwing it out there to make the numbers work, right? I don't think that's actually the deal he winds up doing. But if you do that, Suddenly, you're 30 million in cap space or so. Now, okay, 10 million is taken off. All right, now you've got 20 million in cap space. That's significantly more than a full mid level exception would be. That's right around $11 million. Remember, you only get that mid level if you're an above the cap team. So you'd have a little over $11 million with the full mid level. Your biannual exception will be about 4 million or so. So that's 15. Well, 20 is greater than 15. So you'd have 20 million act as a below the cap team. You'd renounce your rights to Russell Westbrook and then. Off you go. Now, you would also get the room exception, which would be just under $6 million after you spent all of your money. So there's still incentive to just hang on to Russ and just keep him. That's that's my long-winded landing spot here with, with that discussion is there's still reason to just keep Russ, let him expire, and then you'll have 
depending on what Rui Hachimura signs for, depending on what you do with Austin Reeves, depending on what you do with some other players, you're going to have like somewhere around 20-ish million, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less in spending power to go out there and try to find some players. And then you can build your team up from there. The nice thing is that now, instead of saying, well, you're building around LeBron, AD, Max Christie, and Austin Reeves, and you'd fulfill out a whole rest of your roster, now you can add Rui Hachimura into the mix. And as uh, Daffy, the previous caller, mentioned, he's only 24 years old. Now he's turning 25 soon, but still, he's young enough to where he can be part of your future. You can sign him up long-term. He can be one of your, he can be your small forward or your wing power forward, I suppose, is more his position uh, of the future. You can keep him around for years to come. And so you can build your roster moving forward with that kind of certainty. So as it pertains to Russell Westbrook, I don't think the Lakers necessarily have to move him. And this is where ultimately I'll land my plane here on Russ. If the rest of the NBA is continuing to tell the Lakers, if you want Russ to get off your roster, the price is a first round pick. Then if you want anything coming back, the price goes up for there, meaning they're treating Russ as a massive negative value contract. If that's the way the rest of the NBA is treating him, which is what we've heard so far is indeed the case, then the Lakers don't have a lot of incentive to move Russell Westbrook unless there's some kind of sweetheart deal that falls in their lap where you have to use Russ's salary in order to make it happen. I don't know, something, something you know, Indiana calls up and says, hey, We'll do Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, and all we need is one first. Okay, all right, yeah. Then, then you put it. You need Russ's salary in that deal. Then, okay, fine, whatever. Off you go. You do that. But if teams are continuing to say Russ costs a first just to take him off your roster, I don't think the Lakers have a lot of incentive to do that. Look, Russell Westbrook is not worth forty-seven million dollars. He's not giving you that kind of production. And if people want to be reactionary, you can look at what happened in the game against the Blazers and say, well, Russ kind of had a quiet night. Yeah, he, he certainly did. But that doesn't mean that he hasn't been impactful for this team. That doesn't mean that his passing hasn't been a real thing that's helped them. In fact, Russ was our, on our LakersNation.com postgame show. He was the superstar of the night, the night before, the game before against the Memphis Grizzlies. He was tremendous. They don't win that game without him. I think, again, he's not perfect, but he's been good enough. And he and LeBron have combined together just well enough where I don't think it's worth paying just to get him off the roster. You would have to find something very real, something legitimate, something that can really help you if you're going to move him. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense to do so. Why give up value to move a guy that you shouldn't feel desperate to move? Again, if the right deal comes along, great. But I think the Lakers have actually given themselves even more flexibility with this Rui Hachimura trade because now they don't have to move Russ and a first or whatever in order to get the wing help they need. They can say, you know what? We added help on the wing already. We're good. I'm sure they'd like to do more. But worst case, if everybody's just trying to fleece them, the Lakers can sit back and say, you know what? We made a good move. We're happy with it. And let's see where things go from here. All right. I am going to bring in another caller. I know we've got uh, a number of them coming in here. Uh, let's, gonna, let's bring in my guy here. Send by NFTs. Going to be joining in in just a moment here. I know watches all of our, our shows, joins our post-game shows and, and all of that. So we've certainly celebrated together before. There he is. Sent by NFT. Hey, how are you doing, man? Can can barely hear you there. Uh a little bit. A little bit. There we go. There you are. I'll talk loud. That's awesome. I got you. I got you. I got you now. 
How are you doing? And uh, are you excited about this trade? Yeah, I'm doing good. I got to say, you know, I'm excited that there was a trade. You know, this <laughs> one, it's I'm kind of torn. Uh, you know, it's I obviously it's a wing. It's something that we needed. It feels like all season. So, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely W there. Uh, I'm worried just that, you know, Rui's not really a great shooter. Uh-huh. Defensively, he can have lapses, but I think there's a lot of upside there, um, especially in Darvin Ham's system. So all in all, you know, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do, especially in the system around LeBron and hopefully a healthy AD to, to see what he can do for us. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, I, I don't think he has to come in and be like the ninth overall pick level quality, right? That's not necessarily what the Lakers need. And that's yeah. what, what Washington, he was always kind of held up to that standard you have to return that value for the lakers they just need to get him get him in there and let him be what he is be a six eight wing i mean that's exactly what the lakers have lacked and i think just by having that quality just being a six eight player who can get out there he's a more of a mid-range shooter than anything else but he's physical he's strong he drives to the basket he can finish through contact he can do all those things i think that's going to be a help particularly when we look at the boards too and how often the lakers have been getting burned on the boards and how often they've been forced to go small. So I like him in that sense. I understand the concerns about the shooting though. It's weird. He shot like it was 44% from three last season, which was a big jump up. And then he's down to 33 and change this season. I think he's going to get better looks with LeBron as a spot up shooter than he has certainly in Washington. So I'm, I'm optimistic, but I don't know. Like there's this thing, right? Where whenever a guy comes to the Lakers, his shooting percentage seems to drop. Does that concern you? That worries me a little bit. It, it definitely, I mean, it's it's just a well-known fact at this point. As players come to, especially like LeBron, just going, when they come to play with LeBron, they just get worse at shooting. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's definitely that to worry about. But hopefully, you know, I mean, 33% is what he's shooting for this season. It's... You know, if it gets worse than that, I mean, then I think there's probably some real reason to be alarmed. But mm-hmm. I can't see it getting much worse than 33%. So, yeah, I'm hoping that's the floor for him as as well. Uh, as far as do you, do you see him as like a, a long term piece for the Lakers? Like, can this be the guy that slots in with LeBron and AD for the next couple of years here? Uh, I mean, I definitely think it, like I know he's young. But when you look at it, Lonnie's young, Austin's yep. young, uh, Troy Brown's young, and they've all looked good at times. So I, I don't see any reason why Rui can't, you know, slot in with those guys yeah. and just keep getting better as he gets older, as he ages, um, and getting in, getting quality minutes, et cetera. That's, that's kind of exciting, too, to think about, is you might have, now that you've added him into the mix, and clearly he's a better fit, I think, than than Kendrick Nunn would be. But Lonnie, mm-hmm. and we'll see if they can keep him, of course, right? I mean, there's certainly some concerns yeah. in terms of this summer. What happens? Can you keep Lonnie, Thomas Bryant, Austin, right? You've got all these players. Now add Rui to the mix. That's four pretty solid players who are all in their mid-20s to surround yeah. LeBron and AD with and perhaps you know create a backbone of a, of a Lakers team for the future. So I think that that's... You checked a lot of boxes with this deal. I've talked a lot about how if you're going to give up assets, if you're the Lakers, you want to make sure because we don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like that even if the wheels fall off this year and somehow they find themselves on the outside looking into the playoffs, you you make a move where 
it can help you next season. It can help you the season after. You don't want to make the move for the guy for a guy who's, you know, a 36-year-old Kyle Lowry who's this season or bust, right? You want to go and try to find guys who can help you move him forward. So I'm excited about that aspect of this. I think that he can be potentially a piece moving forward for the Lakers and at least give them that option to where, hey, even if down the road things aren't working out, uh, you can potentially flip him for other assets into the future. Not saying that's the path you want to go down, but uh, his age will give you that flexibility. Yeah, for sure. And I think just the fact that he's a he's, him being a restricted free agent, knowing that you have at least somebody next season that's going to be on the books with you, uh, like alongside obviously like uh, Austin Reeves and whatnot, I think that's kind of reassuring as well. Because previously, it's just like you look at the books and it's, and all these guys are expiring, and it's it's kind of depressing to look at because you don't yep. know who you're actually going to get back. And so it's good to know that we have somebody who will be back no matter what next season. Right? Yeah, they'll he'll, he'll be a restricted free agent. Uh, they'll give him a qualifying offer. They'll be in great shape to retain him, assuming they want to. Let me let me ask you this before I send you off here. Um, if you've got you've got Rui, he's sticking around. Austin the Lakers are probably in the driver's seat to, to keep him. I think that's pretty clear given their, their contractual advantages there and, and everything. But looking at the rest of the guys, when we talk about Lonnie Walker, Thomas Bryant, you know, we get into, you know, if you want to even throw Dennis Schroeder into the mix, all these guys are going to be for Troy Brown. These guys are all free agents this summer. It, who do you prioritize? If, if push comes to shove and you can keep one, who are you taking? Uh, I think for me, it would have to be Thomas Bryant. I think the upside there is just too great, especially we haven't even really seen what he can do next to Anthony. So I'll say contingent on how he looks next to Anthony Davis, assuming that that pair is going to be as good as we think it will be. I think it has to be Thomas Bryant. I mean, it's a guy that can go and get you 20 and 15 on any given night and he can shoot the outside shot. His mid-range shot is really underrated. People disrespect him there all the time. I think just his all-around fit with the team, with LeBron and then et cetera, with ADs would just be too good to pass up. Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement. It's hard not to say Thomas Bryant when he had 31 and 14 and 14 just exactly. last night. But but I, I agree. I think he, his long-term fit with AD is certainly something that the Lakers should uh, should check out. But, man, thank you again for, for coming on here. I really appreciate it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep, appreciate you having me again, Trevor. All right, have a good one. You too. 
All right, we'll bring on another caller in just a moment. I do want to note a couple of things. So the Lakers announced earlier this evening um, that Rui Hachimura on the Lakers' official injury report will not be playing in tomorrow's game against the Clippers. Tonight's game, if you're listening to the podcast version or the, the YouTube version of the show. Um, so he will not be in action for the game against the Clippers. However, rumor is right now that we may very well, because he's going to take physicals and stuff like that tomorrow, see him against the Spurs. Second night of a back-to-back could be making his debut Wednesday. Won't Again, won't see him. Also, right now, LeBron is listed as questionable against the Clippers. Not really a surprise. LeBron's popping up on the injury report as questionable for pretty much every single game. It's still the ankle issue that he pops up for from the beginning of the season. That's just, it makes it easier to shuffle him in and out of the roster uh, lineup when need be. And, you know, load management and all that certainly is a, is a factor there as well. But uh, then we also had Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker still listed as out. Darvin Hammond recently discussed Lonnie Walker as being closer to day today, but he won't be making his return either against the Clippers. Anthony Davis also out. I was hoping, I was hoping, fingers crossed, that we might see Anthony Davis before the road trip. And that would mean either Tuesday against the Clippers or Wednesday against the Spurs. See him for one of those two matchups. And then you go out on the road trip. Because I didn't think starting AD out Saturday against the Celtics, that's, I mean, talk about being thrown into the, into the deep end. They've been playing as you know the best team in the NBA. Now, uh, they did, if, I'm, if I was following along correctly on my buddy Keith Smith's timeline, yeah, they, they did drop tonight's game to the Orlando Magic. So, you know, that always brings a smile to our face whenever we, you know, the, the Celtics lose. Don't tell Keith I said that, but but anytime the Celtics lose a game, we always feel good about that. But not, nonetheless, the Celtics are a very, very good team. Um, best record, they've, they've been tremendous. And so to ask Anthony Davis or Rui Hachimura or Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves, any of these guys to get thrown right back in against the Celtics, that's a tall, tall order, right? So I would like to see Anthony Davis then, Rui Hachimura, Lonnie Walker if he's available. Austin sounds like he might be a little bit further up, but we'll wait and see. If any of them are able to go against San Antonio, I think that would be a nice kind of warm-up for them before getting thrown into the deep end against the Celtics. Now, there is some benefit, though, to waiting as well. It's not ideal to have to come back against Boston, but if you wait, the benefit is, the Lakers don't play Thursday. They don't play Friday. So you get a couple of extra days there to recover before you go play. Now, it is in Boston, though, on Saturday, and it is the start of a fairly long road trip. So kind of figuring out what the pros and cons are there. But for the moment, we know all of those guys will be out for the game against the Clippers, including Rui Hachimura will not make his debut just yet. All right, I do have some more uh, folks coming in here with, uh, with the call-in. Let's go right here. And by the way, guys, you can use the AMP app. That's how we're, we're doing this, how I've got people calling in. So if you're listening to the show, usually put it out there on my social media when we're going to do, uh, when I'm going to record the Lakers Nation podcast, put it out there, live stream it while we're on AMP, and that allows people to call in and, and chat. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, B. Hill, how are you doing? All right, Trev, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, just a busy day today, certainly with uh, with the Rui Hachimura trade. It it caught me it caught me off guard. I was in the middle of the grocery store when when the trade went down. I and I went, oh my gosh! Like I I was 
for a moment, I was, I was making the decision, do I abandon my cart? Do I have time to go pay for all of this and, and make it back and get into the studio and record something? What do I do? I wound up recording. If you guys watch the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, I've recorded it from my car. It was, I went, this is breaking news. I can't wait. So that was, that was my immediate reaction, was finding out in the middle of the grocery store that the Lakers just pulled off this trade. Uh, what, what was your reaction and where, where were you when you found out that the Lakers made this trade? So I actually, the, so actually, to, to tell you the truth, I posted uh, after he scored 30 the other day, I screenshot it because uh, some that come and say, you know, that they were, they were ready to shop him and get rid of him. Uh-huh. And I posted, in, oh, I posted in the Lakers Reddit chat, screenshotted, hey, Lakers need to take a look at this guy. Let's <laughs> just drop 30. I think you'll be solid. And sure enough, they did. But I was working. I work from home. I looked down at my phone and I see I just see Lakers great uh deep trade talks. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like they're going through my phone, I'm looking at uh oh, just uh, you know, typical read all the they're like, oh man, they they got him. But um so I, I wanna talk about him for uh for a second. Sure. I kind of he kind of reminds me as far as what I would expect him and what I would want from him. A guy like a Grant Williams. Okay. Or Derek White or Derek White type production. So the Celtics gave up a first and a first round pick swap for Derek White. He averaged eleven points a game and shoots about thirty seven percent from three. Grant Williams wants about what sixty plus million dollars this offseason. He averages nine points a game and shoots about thirty seven percent from three. Now both of those guys are excellent defenders, but they they almost complete their team. Those are the kind of guys that uh, that, that we should be looking for, and he is that kind of guy to me. And I hope that he could have that same kind of production. I don't. I mean, he's not going to be a world beater. He's not going to just come in and you know be some whatever. But if he could just be that for this team, that is like that pushes us so much higher because we've all looked at the guys um, that are, I guess, the others like Shaq says, mm-hmm. and we want more from those guys. You know, like we're basically trading a guy in Kendrick Nunn that set out all last year and didn't provide very much to us this year. I mean, he had his moments and, uh, and some second-round picks, and we kind of just swapped back some seconds from everybody got to our rush trade right. back to the forum. So we can get that type of production. It's a, it's a win-win all the way across for him but, uh, for, for us to bring him in. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying there. His game isn't going to be the same as Derek White or Grant Williams, but just in terms of the, right. the positive value he brings on the court, being mm-hmm. that kind of player. Yeah, and, you know, we can look at this. It's a little bit apples to oranges in that the you know Derek White was seen as he was going to be until they got you know Brogdon going to be the final kind of the final piece for the Celtics was going to help them potentially win a championship and I don't think Rui Hachimura is that but I think in terms of value right. on the floor yeah you're you're right that's the type of guy he can be I don't think we don't want to go in here and say this guy is a superstar this guy is going to be oh, putting no. up 20 a night or anything like that but if he can go in right. and play that kind of role just be a physical presence in the paint help a little bit on the boards, be switchy defensively, occasionally knock in a three slash to the basket, right? right? That's, that's all you're really looking for. You know, I've seen some, I've actually seen some wizards and this is interesting. So this is not every wizards fan out here. So I don't want to characterize all of them as having this opinion, but I've seen some wizards fans who are upset saying we traded this guy so that we can give these minutes to Kyle Kuzma. And I like Rui Hachimura better than I like Kyle Kuzma. 
And mm-hmm. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look, if, if he is, and if he is anywhere in that realm, and I don't know for sure that he will be personally, I would probably lean Kuz. If you told me both of them are the same price, I would probably lean towards right. Kuzma, but there's a number of wizards fans out there upset right now saying they picked the wrong guy. If you get anywhere right. near Kyle Kuzma esque production, three seconds is a home run. Three seconds. is a, yeah. We've been talking about how we'd give up a first to get Kyle Kuzma back. Three seconds is a home run if you're getting that kind of production. So I, I am with you on that for sure. Right, right. And, uh, and one last thing, I I guess this is kind of like beating the deal horse. We've all talked about it. But from my perspective, with, when it comes to after making this trade and even before, just to me, I feel like, no, you don't want to give up draft picks just to get rid of Russ. But if you could find any kind of positive for Russ, I think you almost have to do it. I just don't feel like, and I hate to say it, it is another Russ mm-hmm. hand going to kill me. I don't <laughs> know if you, <laughs> and I like Russ. I don't know if you can win anything major with Russ playing such a big role. And I know that is bad because he's so like, you may get a 20-point triple-double with very few turnovers and great defense one night, but then he may go the next 10 games and just be like, Wow, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of money tied up in a guy like that. And I know now, now that we got a trade today, we don't have as much money this offseason, maybe, um, to go and sign guys. Let's take advantage of the money we have in Russ to go get some more guys. To, but I, I just know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I know Indiana's going to have to make an opportunity this before uh, on the other shows, but I, I know Indiana's going to have to make a choice on Miles Turner. I can just see it. Like, he's not going to sign an extension with them. They're going to have to make a choice. Yeah, that's go. Let's go make that offer again. If they say no, you go on to something else. I just feel like if you really want to maximize these next couple years, AD and LeBron, and what you're trying to build up now, you kind of got to move on from I know you don't want to give away draft picks just to do it. Correct. But man, you got to go looking for it. I mean, and I see today, I don't know how good the source was. I don't know if everybody saw it, but that on Spurs talk, that they were saying that the Lakers and the Spurs were still open to the Jaco Perdo, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott. Right. That may be my last choice, but it's not that bad of a choice (laughs) either if you decide to go that route to get those guys. They kind of complete your roster when you break it down. All right. Yeah. I, I'm going to let me, uh, I'll address all of that. And I appreciate you for, for uh, coming on here again. You got it. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Yep. All right. I'll bring on another caller in just a moment, but I do want to get into those two topics that he just threw out there. So Russell Westbrook, if you're going to move him, um, or would you do it? If you can get miles Turner and buddy healed now, if Indiana can't figure out a way to move or to sign an extension with miles Turner, if they're afraid they're going to lose him this summer, in free agency and they call up the Lakers and say, Hey, remember that deal uh, that we talked about right before media day, the two firsts and Russ unprotected for, uh, for miles and, and buddy will uh, we'll do that again. If they're willing to do that, I think it's still something you have to consider if you're the Lakers. Now you're going to have to pay Rui Hachimura. You'd have to pay miles Turner, but he heals under contract for next year. So there goes like any of that spending power you're going to have that's gone. That's that's long gone at that point. You are committing to being an above-the-cap team. Now, there are some advantages that come with that in terms of you would have your full mid-level exception. You'd also have your uh, biannual exception that you could dip into in order to help you perhaps go add talent. But that would basically be your team. It would be LeBron, AD, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, Rui Hachimura. You should be able to retain Austin Reeves, Max Christie's under contract. Damian Jones has a second-year player option if you don't wind up using him in a deal. So that's essentially the team you're moving, you're building around, which is not bad. 
that's that's not bad. You may wind up having to say goodbye to either Thomas Bryan or Lonnie Walker, maybe both, depending on what they get on the market. Could be maybe you find a way to keep both. I don't know, but it, it wouldn't be easy. It wouldn't be easy to keep them both. But that's your team to build around, which isn't the worst thing. I think you can make an argument why you should go ahead and do that. But again, if you don't wind up moving Russ, that at least keeps open and you don't take on future salary, that keeps open the possibility that you can be a landing spot on the market for free agents. Now, you're not getting Kyrie, right? By, by, by the way, I should just throw it out there. With this trade today, unless the Lakers do something drastic, Kyrie's out the window. Any talk of that, it's over. It's done because the Lakers now can't even get to that 34-ish million in cap space. Now, again, that's if they do suddenly trade Anthony Davis for expiring contracts. Okay, so never say never, I guess. But in any likely scenario, they no longer have even the kind of money that could tempt Kyrie. I mean, you'd have to take a pay cut just to take the, let's say the Lakers could get to 34 million in cap space. That would still be a pay cut to go get Kyrie to come to LA. There's no way he's going all the way down to the whatever, 20, 24 million that the Lakers will be able to offer. Now they've brought in Rui Hachimura. Now that, I suppose that's unless Rui doesn't click. If Hachimura doesn't work out, the Lakers can part ways with him and still have all their cap space available. I'm just looking at it as though he's going to work. And maybe I'm being overly optimistic about that. But if he doesn't work out, I suppose the Lakers could still move on and, and open up that cap space for a Kyrie. But everything we've heard is that the Lakers did not do this trade for Rui Hachimura to walk away at the end of the summer. That's not what, what they did this for. They did this trade to keep him, to hang on to him, to get a new deal done this summer with him. He'll be a restricted free agent and hang on to him long-term. That is their plan. He will be playing alongside LeBron and AD for the foreseeable future. That's the current plan. That changes very quickly in the NBA, can change often. So again, never say never, but assuming that that is all on the up and up, and that's what the Lakers' intentions are, that would suggest that any slim glimmer of hope they had of going after Kyrie Irving, they have let that go, and they will instead focus on adding pieces right now, perhaps adding players over the summer and adding more role players and not going chasing after stars. Now, he also mentioned that Spurs rumor. Then I saw that floating around there too. Yaka Pertle, Josh Richardson, and Doug McDermott potentially being trade candidates for the Lakers. Now, to get all three of them, you would have to include Russell Westbrook in the deal. We have heard through multiple sources that the Spurs would like two first-round picks for Yaka Pertle. I think they're crazy, and I'm one of the biggest Yaka Pertle fans out there. I really like Yaka Pertle's game. I think he's underrated. I think people don't give him enough credit for how good that he actually is. But in any event, the Spurs are asking for a lot for a guy who has to be re-signed this summer. Similar situation to Miles Turner. You're going to have to pay him if you want to keep him. If he was on a long-term deal, making let's say Yaka Pertle was on a deal that paid him $12 million a year for the next three years. Yeah, you're, he's probably worth a couple of firsts because not only are you getting a really good player, but you're getting him on a bargain contract for three years. That gives you certainty moving forward for the future. That's not the case. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to want to get paid. He deserves to get paid. He's going to get a, a solid salary. And so you have to factor that in. That's why I think the Spurs are crazy to ask for two firsts. But you know what? They can ask. Doesn't mean they're going to get it, but they can ask. And right now, that's still what we're seeing. I'm hoping the Lakers' move for Rui Hachimura helps to soften the market and open things up a little bit. We've also seen 
Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, probably costing a first. That was a few weeks ago. I saw some rumblings today that maybe that'll soften to a second round pick. But I still go back to this. If it's Russell Westbrook and both firsts, and you are getting Jakob Pertl, Josh Richardson, and Doug McDermott, are you doing that deal? And again, I like Jakob Pertl. I like Jakob Pertl a lot. I don't know if I'm doing it. I'm leaning no. And I think I, I like all three of those guys. I like their fit. But I don't know how much that really moves the needle for you. Is that like, does that move turn you into a contending team to where you can say, yes, we are now in the upper echelon of the Western Conference. If we do this deal, this is worth putting in both of our first round picks because that's what the Spurs are going to, they want both picks just for Pirtle. So if you're trying to do something where you're giving them Russell Westbrook, who I don't have as a negative value for the Lakers, you're losing something legitimate with his passing skills. You are losing both those picks and you're getting Josh Richardson, you're getting Doug McDermott, they can provide some wing play that you still need, even with Rui Hachimura coming to town, and you're getting a big, a young big, in Yaka Pirtle. I don't know if that one checks the box for me. Wait, I'll put it to you this way. If the Lakers didn't do Miles Turner and Buddy Heald for two firsts, I don't see why Yaka Pirtle, Josh Richardson, and Doug McDermott would be a done deal for two firsts. I'm not saying you can't argue that that package is on the level there. But I think it's a bit tougher of, a, of an argument because I think at their best, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner are better than, than Pirtle and Richardson and McDermott. So I'm not doing that deal if I'm if I'm the Lakers. I'm not likely to do it. Now, if you want to start talking about putting protections on those first, and then maybe you get into something that you can do. Maybe there's there's something there. But I'm not holding my breath that the Lakers get that one done with the Spurs unless San Antonio significantly comes off that asking price. I think that's what's going to have to happen there. All right. I'm going to bring in another um, another caller here. In just a moment, we've got Rish Nation coming in. And then we'll move on to another one. By the way, thank you, everybody, who's been calling in. Appreciate all of you for joining me tonight on this uh, this live show. And again, if you're watching on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel after the fact, you're listening to the podcast version on over on the Lakers Nation podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Again, appreciate all of you for joining us on this show. Uh, Rich Nation, how are you doing? What's up, Trev? How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Doing well. Let's uh, let's talk some Lakers. What's on your mind? Um, I kind of just wanted to run some questions by you. Sure. Uh, the first one was, how do you think LeBron feels about this whole situation about the Lakers actually making a trade? Is he feeling more optimistic about staying in L.A. for like more years? Yeah. So we I mean, he signed the extension over the summer. And so that's, you know, that's obviously a very strong signal that he wants to stay in L.A. We've heard some rumors lately that he doesn't want to leave L.A. That's not what he would ideally like to do. His goal is still to finish his career with with the Lakers. That's still the plan. Uh, but he made some comments the other day uh, when the Lakers got crushed on the boards against the Grizzlies. He talked about how undersized the Lakers were, about how the Grizzlies have all these guys that are, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the fact that they've got a bunch of guys who are 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and we don't have those guys. And now the Lakers turn around and, and trade for a guy who's 6'8". So 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. LeBron hasn't given an official reaction, but I'd have to imagine that he's fairly pleased with the deal. He knows that this roster was imbalanced. He knows they needed more help on the wing, and it was glaringly obvious when they got destroyed on the boards against the Grizzlies, and and somewhat miraculous that they were able to still win that game. So I'd imagine that this does not hurt how LeBron sees this team moving forward. I'd have to imagine that this helps his overall perception of the club and his optimism in in the team moving forward. That's That's my opinion. Right. I, I had the same, like, kind of, like, uh, idea, like, he's just feeling more optimistic about, like, how the roster is, like, Rob's actually, like, giving him backup, kind of, like, giving him the hand, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, what else did you want to talk about? I have one more question. Um, so, what's your, like, thoughts on, like, the uh, next week's uh, games schedule? Are you talking about the, the road trip? Yes. Okay. So, it's... It's tough, but from everything we've been hearing, that road trip should include Anthony Davis. Like, I, I'm holding my breath and hoping that we get to see AD on Wednesday. I think it's more likely we see him on Saturday. But if you've got AD back, and by the way, like, this is, I don't, I don't want to jinx anything here. But you got a game against the Clippers. The Clippers have been hot and cold. They just had a pretty strong performance. But then you get San Antonio on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, no game is ever in the bag it's you know nothing is a gimme in this league anymore but you've got a chance to where you could if you can find a way past the clippers uh you could run off a a little four-game win streak before you head onto the road when you add in the memphis and the the portland wins which would be great looking at the standings but uh to get to your question the the road trip so you've got boston at brooklyn they have a day off in between then you're at new york second night of a back-to-back there brooklyn and then new york back-to-back then you go at Indiana, and then you finish up at New Orleans. So there's some tough games in there. I think it's not going to be easy. I think uh, Brooklyn, obviously, without Kevin Durant, that makes it a little bit easier, but still not an easy game by any means. Um, it's it's going to be a tough road trip. You know, Boston, I think the two toughest matchups, frankly, with Durant being out, it's Boston and the Pelicans. If the Pelicans have Zion back, we'll see that, you know, that – Health may be a big factor there too, but you know the emotions are going to be running high in New Orleans for that game as well. So I think there's an opportunity. If the Lakers can find a way to go three and two on this five-game road trip, I would consider that very successful. Um, I think what's interesting is, as we had a previous caller mention, Indiana's been sliding. I do wonder if the Lakers, when they go visit Indiana, if they can hand them a loss, if they can help nudge Indiana towards making a trade as well before the deadline you'll have uh what is it six or seven days there 
before the deadline when the Lakers play them on February uh, 2nd. So I think that's one to keep an eye on. But again, my ideal outcome for that those that five-game stretch, if you can find a way to go three and two, I'd be feeling pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Three and two would probably be best case. And going back to like the Spurs game, I say if we win the Clippers game, we end up resting LeBron and bring AD and Roy back just like give some reinforcements for that game. But we'll see what they do. Yeah, that's that's not a bad thought. You know, they may they could very well wind up doing that if is rest LeBron. They may rest LeBron second night of a back to back regardless. Um, yeah, if you wind up bringing in Rui Hachimura, bringing in AD, maybe you feel like that's just even if they have to get their legs under him, maybe that's enough firepower still to take out San Antonio. But uh, anything else? No, that's it. All right. All right. Hey, thank you very much for coming on. All right, we do have a few more to get into here. I do want to bring up, and I'm going to bring up another caller in just a moment. I do have a few um, Super Chat questions that came in after our last uh, post-game show, which was just last night. Again, it doesn't feel like it was less than 24 hours ago, but after the Lakers went over the Blazers. Um, so I want to get into a, a couple of these, these questions that were written in uh, from our YouTube channel. John said the Lakers could actually flip Russ for someone. Russ consistently does the dribble-dribble crossover that makes a bad pass inside. I haven't had a problem with Russ's passing. I think his passing has been really important, particularly for the bigs. Uh, when you look at Wenyan Gabriel, you look at the percentage of his buckets that have come off of Russell Westbrook passes, they seem to have a really solid mind meld there. Thomas Bryant has had a pretty good connection with Russ, as well as Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has got a lot of lobs from Russell Westbrook. And then let's not forget, Rui Hachimura, the newest Laker, also has experience playing with Russ. In fact, right now, Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, Russell Westbrook, all former Washington Wizards. Now, they don't all overlap in Washington, but nonetheless, you have four former Washington Wizards now on the Lakers. So I think that's, I don't think you have to move Russell Westbrook. They could, they certainly could, but I do think you're going to have to account for that passing going away. Dennis Schroeder, look, he was great. He was great in their win over the Blazers. He was great against Memphis. He was making big plays, obviously the big steal and the score. He's done some big things for this team. He's also had some, some lulls. There's no question, but overall for a guy in a veteran minimum contract, he's providing excellent value for the Lakers. He's not a passer though. He's not like he's a score first point guard. If you lose Russell Westbrook as a setup guy, that's a skill set You might have to find out there on the market in terms of a pass first point guard that can set players up that can get easy looks for your bigs. So if you're going to move him, that's fine. You may find the right deal. Again, I question whether or not the NBA is going to try to fleece the Lakers on any deal trying to move Russ. That's what we've heard so far. But if, if you do move him, my only concern is how do you replace that skill set off the bench? Because frankly, you don't have that in, in Dennis Schroeder. You've got a good player. You've got a player who's providing plenty of value on his contract, but he is not a setup guy. He's not a guy who's going to drop a bunch of dimes and set up some of the bigs for easy looks. So that's my one concern is if you move Russ, you think you have to account for that skill set uh, being moved up to. Again, doesn't mean you don't move him. Uh, Mastermind says, why trade Russ or Beverly now? Now, Patrick Beverly is a guy who we haven't talked about yet on the show today. Uh, why trade Russ or Beverly? Trade none and a pick. Now, this was before the trade uh, for a true backup defensive big. Well, Obviously, they didn't trade none for a backup defensive big, but they traded none and some seconds to get a wing, which I think was an even bigger need than a backup defensive big. 
although I think it is still a need. We need Russ and Bev to be point guards putting on defensive pressure. So Patrick Beverly has gotten better for the Lakers, certainly better than he was in October, better than he was in November. Uh, December, January have been kind to Patrick Beverly. I think that he's looked more like the guy we thought he would be. And of course, he had the, the epic Dame time, putting the watch in his pocket and the watch is broken and all that kind of stuff, all the gesturing uh, going on as the Lakers were beating the, the Portland Trailblazers. So Patrick Beverly has done the things that we would hope he would do uh, in December and, and January. He's looked like himself. He didn't look like himself in October and in November. Now he does. He, he looks like himself again. So I would agree that I don't think the Lakers need to trade Patrick Beverly because well, let's go big picture. Let's go big picture for a moment. What is it? If you could pick any skill sets to put it alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, what those skill sets are, it's three and D. It's give me guys who can defend and can shoot threes. Patrick Beverly does both of those things, right? He defends well, and he can occasionally knock in a three. The percentages have come back, and I'm going to buy that the percentages we've seen in December and January are legitimate. They are legitimate. I'm not, I don't buy that October and November were legitimate. I think those are the outlier. Why? Because Patrick Beverly has a long career of shooting decently well from three. He's not a sniper, but can he shoot between 35 and 38% from three? Yes. That's what he's done in December. In fact, he's been even better than that, but I think that he can continue to do that because historically that's what he's done over the course of his career. I don't buy that he's the, whatever he was, 20% shooter from deep that we saw in November and October. I don't think that's who he is. So based on skill set, he's a fit. You shouldn't have any urgency to move him. But he's also a $13 million expiring contract. In fact, he's the only contract on the books that's at that level. Other than that, you've got Lonnie Walker at $6 million and change. Other than that, the next jump up is Russ, right? You go from Patrick Beverly, the next, assuming they're not trading LeBron, they're not trading AD, the next contract up after Patrick Beverly, it's Russell Westbrook at $47 million. So most likely, if you're going to try to do any kind of bigger deal, it's going to involve Patrick Beverly's salary. And again, I don't think you have to trade him based on what he's doing on the court. But if you're going to do something significant, you want to go get Boyan. You want to go get Miles Turner. You want to go get somebody like that. Patrick Beverly's contract is going to have to be in the deal. And then some. You're going to have to add some other. Maybe it's Lonnie Walker. Right? For a while, we've been saying Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. Well, now Nunn's not there. So then it becomes Patrick Beverly and perhaps Lonnie Walker that has to wind up getting moved. All right, let me bring in another caller here. I will get to another uh, question in just a moment coming in from our, our Super Chats, but let me bring in a live caller again. And I'm going to bring in our Indiana guy, Super Dope Hip Hop. This is, this is our, our LeBron fan slash Pacers fan. He was really hoping that the Lakers would trade for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald to both improve the Lakers team now and help LeBron out and improve the Pacers' chances of tanking for Wembenyama. So welcome in. How are you doing? Are you there? Still got you on mute right now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can't un- unmute him here. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. There he is. How are you? What's, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. How are, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I saw some Pacers locked on thing today. Like, do the Pacers do it now for a second? I'm like, have you seen what's gone for a first-round pick the last four or five years? Miles Turner is at least a first or, or two first. Anyways, I like this trade a lot. I, I'm a stat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you analyze it, um, somewhat small sample size – but if you go look at like basketball reference and look at the true shooting percentage uh, Rui has against uh, the Pacific division, yeah, it's like 62%. He kills the Clippers. Like against the Clippers, he shoots like 53, 43. He kills the, the Bucks, um, uh, the Warriors. He has like a 70% true percentage. So like if you look at some of the Dallas, he's really good against, he's actually better against the West than the East, whatever it's worth. And, and with LeBron, I mean, dude, Pacers have not won anything, but the Wizards have not won 50 games since 1972. They're a dumpster fire, right? So getting out of there is going to be huge for him. Um, and if you listen to Wizards fans, they're pissed. They're giving it like a D minus. They're yeah. like, he's going to be great. He's going to be great with them, with, with Russ. He was great with Russ, apparently, right? So um, I would still do that trade in a second. I think it's a win-win. I, I said it from the get-go. It's good for the Pacers because it forces Carlisle to start Matherin finally, increases Wimbenyama. And truth be told, 27-29 with Lakers ownership, those could be very valuable, you know? Sure, so absolutely could. But I think Turner and AD on paper could average five or six blocks a game. And, and who's done that in history? Not many players, you know what I mean? And Buddy Heal for all his warts, if you watch these Lakers games, it's literally like, which makes what LeBron is doing even more incredible. Like, without AD, they're just like... The, the paint is packed. Everyone's yep. in the paint. <laughs> so Buddy Heal and Miles Turner, at the very least... I think there was one question the other day. It said, like, hey, Trevor, how do you like this lineup? When you just trade out Westbrook, who's been very good off the bench, by the way. See, I, I try to be objective. So before this last game, Westbrook was, like, 23-8-8 eight and eight on, like, 49-38 splits. Like, he was really good the last nine games. So, like, th- that's what makes pisses me off as a Pacers fan because now, you know, Jeannie Buss and them, they, they, they may not want to do this trade now. I just think, I, I think in my opinion, objectively – it was such a win-win trade for both sides because we'd be right there with the women Yama stuff, starting Matherin, um, and and Miles may walk away anyways. You know what I mean? Like, we may not keep him anyways. And I don't know if I want to pay him 25 or $30 million a year because he kind of walks like he's stick, stick up his ass. You know what I mean? So, so let, um, let, me, let me ask you this then. what? So right now, the Pacers are on a seven-game losing streak. If we woke up tomorrow... And the deal is done. Two unprotected firsts and Russ for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. What's the reaction in in Indiana for from Pacers fans? Well, a lot of our a lot of fans don't get it. They don't get they don't get um, one step backwards, two step forward. They don't mm-hmm. get big picture. Even though our best draft picks since Rick Smith and Reggie Miller were tenth pick Paul George and sixth pick Ben Matherin, they don't understand that, right? So like, you know, and our owner is like old school. He's eighty eight. He, he doesn't get the mediocrity is the worst place to be. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, we've never had a number one pick. I just had a feeling we're due for our first number one pick this year. And then Carlisle, 
who, by the way, was a great coach his first decade, the last decade, 47% win percentage, hasn't won a playoff series. He's not a good fit for young rebuilding, right? The way he's using Matherin is just ridiculous, in my opinion. I've studied the NBA. I've been going since 87. I've never seen a top six pick on a young rebuilding team as talented as him not start and not close. It's just like Carlisle's kind of like a rich man's Jim O'Brien. Luca didn't like him. Luca wanted him gone, I think. So I think some people would be pissed, but people that understand big picture, if Lakers don't get new ownership or new, I mean, I, I think in theory, if the Lakers don't make the playoffs this year, which I think they will, this would be eight out of the last 10 drafts that have a top eight pick. Does that yep. sound right? Isn't that pretty much true? Yep. Yeah. Like a, if you look at like 2004 or 2014 to 2023 drafts, even if it's not this year, that'll be seven out of 10 that were like, the second pick, second pick, second pick, seventh pick, eighth pick. You know what I mean? So, like, those picks are valuable. Absolutely. And, like, we're a small market. So, like, we, we, we got to hope. And I get that. And I get that's why you don't want to do unprotected because I think you guys realize also you, you could be awful then, right? Uh, so, it's true. kind of. Yeah, po post LeBron, post AD, most likely when you get to 2027 and 2029. So, who knows? Right? Who knows what, what that looks like? Is, I mean, what's crazy, though, is, <laughs> I mean, I'm a big LeBron fan. I love MJ too. So I'm, I'm a rare breed. I, I love Hakeem. I love Larry Bird. You know, I, I don't, I'm one of the rare people that like loves both of them. Like they're both the goat. They're both ridiculous. Like let's stop arguing, but um, I'm actually going to see him on February 2nd, for like the 53rd time. So that's right. They're coming um, to Indiana. Yeah. So I think some fans would be mad. No, again, if, if we pay miles, it is what it is. If we pay him, what's the most like five years, one thirty. Yeah small market is what it is i wouldn't be pissed but if he's not going to sign with us anyways what are we doing like what, what are we doing right now you is, know? Like, is that where chance is that where that's at right now because it, it it does strike me as odd that that's not done yet as we're inching closer to the to the deadline oh, god i don't know I, I i'm i'm getting frustrated i mean first of all you've seen how, how good halliburton is obviously oh, yeah, right. we, we can't be any team like without even jokic playing or a lot of guys out were like, we lost the Suns missing everybody. Um, so, I mean, I had mixed emotions. If we re-signed him, he has objectively looked much better this year without Sabonis and with Halliburton. But I also just worry. I don't know. Like, the way he runs. You know what I'm talking about? The way his yep. gait's kind of yep. weird. Yep. And, the, so and when he goes for a block, when he lands on, like, one leg, I've oh, I've seen enough enough plays where I, I get the – I get the um, – it's the, the Anthony Davis feeling all over again where I'm holding my breath like – yeah, you're waiting for something bad to happen sometimes. And, and, and so that's and, the concern, and, and right? Now, you could argue Matherin, Halliburton, and Turner is a nice big three, but, like, I just want the chance to win Yama. And then even if you miss, there's a couple other good prospects in the top five. You know, like, our only chance to win a title, and, and, and Pacers fans don't get it. Even, like, the Spurs in 97, right? Like, they were lucky that Robinson got hurt because then they got Tim Duncan. Like, when we got Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, that was lucky, but it was good luck understand even the process people say the process doesn't work that's because they drafted Markel Fultz over Tatum that's because right. you know what I'm saying like it can work if you draft well sure so like I don't know um I but back to this trade I think it was a no-brainer trade I know the Lakers have good scouting department minus the Tatum thing but if you really look at the history what 10 percent of second round picks are better than like something, a good role player yeah something 5%. like that it's Whereas, low Hachimura was talked about as being like a top five pick. He was compared to Kawhi. Yeah, maybe he's underperformed, but like, go look at Basketball Reference and look at his shooting splits versus the um, what was the teams against? Like a lot of good teams that you're competing against. Yeah, and he's played like six to ten games against them. So, I think worst case scenario it doesn't work out. 
you blew what the 40th pick in the draft in the Bulls, which has a 10% chance of being anything. And then 2028, 2029, I, I, I think it's a no brainer. Now, numbers starting to play better, but if Lonnie and Breeze are healthy, does he really play at all? I mean, I, right. I got to give Blink credit. I mean, I think here's the thing also, we got to stop the GM thing. And by the way, I'm fat and out of shape with two kids. And so that's why I'm losing my breath here. But <laughs> no worries. Um, and I'm actually in Indianapolis. So what time is it now? It is 12. But we got to stop the GM thing, right? So, like, here's why it's stupid. Objectively, LeBron wanted Tyler, right? He wanted Caruso back. And, and the reason it's not fair either is, like, when things happen good, he doesn't get credit for that. He only gets credit when it's, like, bad. Because in reality, if he was the GM, wouldn't he be one of the best GMs in the last 15 years? <laughs> you know I what mean, I mean? They, like, they won championships, right? Result. But, but, of course, he's not the GM. They asked for his opinion. And I think, like, the Ty Lue thing, they clearly wanted to show, no, we're not being run by Clutch. They offered him the most shitty fake contract ever. Three years, can't pick your coaches. Right. So, like, yes, he was he was wrong about the um, Westbrook thing, but there's varying reports that said he wanted DeRozan, right? And they thought that was a done deal, but they, they lowballed DeRozan. So the GM thing's got to stop. I mean, they asked for his opinion, but at the end of the day, he does not make the final call, clearly. Um but yeah, I think this could be a home run. I really do. Um, the odds of one of those second round picks being anywhere close to Rio Hachimara are slim to none. Um, oh, and if you really go to basketball reference and break down his splits. Oh, here's the last thing I'll say. My fat ass runs out of breath. Um, in the playoffs, a lot of yeah. you, you, never, you never know someone's going to respond to the bright lights in LA. Sure. But he's had one playoff series. He's had one playoff series. He averaged 15 and 7. Have you seen the splits? He shot 62% versus Philly and 60% from three on three Ooh. attempts a game. Now that's, so, that's, like, that's a tiny, that's five games. So it's a tiny sample size, but still you're right. Maybe, maybe that suggests that he's a guy who steps up when the lights are at the one, brightest. The one game they won versus Philly, he had 20 points, 13 boards, uh, like two assists, a steal, a block. I, I guess what I'm saying, like the, the talent's there. And yeah. he clearly never played with someone like LeBron or AD or I guess he played with Russ and they were all saying, Wizards fans, like, that was his best year with Russ. So, right. Um, yeah, as a Pacers fan, I would do that in a heartbeat. But because Carlisle does not care a lot about the future, I mean, he did, like, hack a shack on Pirtle and try to win. So, like, yeah, I would do that trade. I don't think you guys are going to do it because, in reality, if you don't do it at the beginning of the year, now they're better. That's what pisses me off, Austin, then I'll let you go. But the fact that people think that price has gone down, I get it because it's half the year. But can we both agree that, Turner and he'll look better this year than they ever looked before. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I so I, I mean, wouldn't the argue. I would think their price has gone up. Yeah, yeah. So I would I would think their price has gone up. Other people were talking, so I appreciate it, man. You, you you do a great job. I love watching you. I think you uh, got a natural talent, and hopefully we can make this Pacers trade work. If not, I like this rude trade, and then I would love for them to get bogey. So. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I, I right, thank you. Thank you very it. much for the kind words. I, I certainly appreciate it. And thank you for coming on all of our shows and, and everything. Yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Thank you. All right. You have a great one. All right. So he mentioned that if the Lakers don't get, uh, don't do something for his, obviously his team is the Pacers. And so he's talking about, do you go get, you know, Miles Turner? Do you go get Buddy Heald? Can you, uh, can you revive that trade? And I think if it's there, you've got to explore it. You've got to explore it. But if that's not there, can you go get, Bogdanovich and the challenge with Bogdanovich is everybody in the league is is after right seemingly it's 10 plus teams are going after Bogdanovich and that's part of what I like about this Roy Hachimura trade is that you've bought yourself that flexibility now so where if 
if you have to wait until you go all the way up until the trade deadline and you're in the mix of this bidding war to get Bogdanovich and the prices get crazy, you could say, okay, well, you know what? We got a wing already. We don't have to do this. Whereas if you don't do this trade, you don't do this right now. You know, uh, I saw out there Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times put out that a scout told him that Rui Hachimura is worth a pair of second rounders. The third second rounder was probably added in to get them to do the deal right now. I don't know if I necessarily buy that. I think he's a valuable player, but if even if that was the case, having that certainty of, okay, we've got this guy helps you out so much heading into the trade deadline, which is uh, just under three weeks away now. If you're able to get in the mix with something, you have the ability to walk away and say, hey, we didn't have to get a wing here at the trade deadline anymore. Whereas if you don't do this Rui Hachimura deal right now and you're in the mix for Bogdanovich and next thing you know, it's February 9th, the clock is ticking and the Pistons say, yeah, it's going to be an unprotected first and Max Christie or no deal. Then you're sweating it. Then you're Rob Plank and you're sweating and you're saying, what? We have to do something, right? We can't let the trade deadline go and have nothing done. Now you've already got something done. Now you've got something done. If the bidding gets crazy for Bogdanovich, other things aren't coming up. I'm not saying the Lakers should be done. I don't think they should be. But in case things get crazy and the and the deal just isn't there, well, now you've already got something done. And it gives you that, if nothing else, it gives you that leverage of if you're Rob Polinka being able to say, look, you're not going to fleece us. We don't have to do this to get a wing because we just got Rui Hachimura and we like what he brings a lot. So there is added value to doing this deal. Now, even if you had to give up a little bit more than you might have had to come February 9th in order to get this deal done now, I think it does provide that added leverage and just the certainty that already having a wing in the fold brings you by doing this deal. So I'm I'm in favor of it. I like the deal. I think it's a good deal for, for the Lakers. Um, and I do think, though, if this Buddy Heald, Miles Turner thing, if, if Miles Turner and the Pacers don't agree to a deal, you got to consider it. You got to consider looking at that and, and seeing if it's something the Pacers would do. Because again, AD and Turner together could be really good. It's risky. It's risky because of the injury concerns with, with Turner, but man, that, that could be a really, really good deal. All right. I do want to get into a few more of our chat questions here. Uh, Kasuke said, this is the second game in a row where I did a special middle of the game ritual where if we came back to win, I think I found our good luck charm. I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, great. Hopefully they continue doing it every single time in order to make sure that the Lakers win. Uh, controversial said, Russ is too important for us to give none Jones, Beverly, maybe Lonnie to improve none Reddish, Beverly Jones, and a first for Gary Trent Jr. Then get Boogie if you can. Lonnie for Rui. Now, again, remember, this was last night. This was before the trade. I would have to imagine that this person is not upset at all that the Lakers managed to turn none into Rui Hachimura instead of Lonnie Walker, who has had a much better season, I think, than, than Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn has had his moments, but Gary Trent Jr. is interesting, too. You know, it, we talk about Bogdanovich. If, he, if the Bogdanovich bidding is getting crazy, Gary Trent Jr. wouldn't be a bad fit either. Now, I like the size that Bogdanovich brings at, what, 6'8", something like that. And then Gary Trent Jr. isn't quite that big. But just in terms of bring, bringing shooting, I mean, he's been a Laker killer over the years. That wouldn't be a bad move either if you could go get a guy like Gary Trent. Do one more of these before we go back into our, uh, our call-in. So Daryl said, so many people try to say the Lakers are bad. But when have we ever seen LeBron, AD, and Westbrook healthy for a long stretch? They don't even have Austin right now. That's fair. We've seen more of them now that we've had this season. And they did get off to a pretty rocky start. Again, 2-10 and 10 in the first 12 games. 
So if that doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence, I'll say this. He's right in the sense that Daryl here is, is right in the sense that, yeah, like we haven't seen enough of them to completely close the door on, on that trio being something. I think we've seen enough to know there's enough fit concerns where they're probably not going to hit the ceiling that the Lakers hoped they would have as a trio when they made the Russell Westbrook trade. I think that's fair, right, to say. But I think that Russ and LeBron have found some ways to play better together over the last few weeks without Anthony Davis. You add AD back into the mix. That creates a different dynamic. There'll probably be some speed bumps there. We'll see what happens. Again, it's great that AD's coming back, but reality is you have to reintegrate him. That's a readjustment period. There's all that that really you have to consider. Um, I don't look at this Lakers team, though, right now and say, oh, okay, they're they're set. They're a championship team. I still think there's other trades that need to be made. It might not have to be a Russell Westbrook trade, but ultimately you need some pieces that I think are going to fit a bit better. And specifically, you still need shooting. Rhea Hachimura, look, he shot 44% from deep last season, but it was on low volume. Low volume again this season. He only takes three threes a game. That's not a ton in today's NBA. He's only shooting 34% from deep. 33 and change, really. So he's not a negative three-point shooter, but he doesn't check the box of, okay, hey, now we're set. We've got the three-point shooter that we've been looking for. So I think that's something the Lakers still need to go find. All right, let me bring in another caller here. And while that caller's coming in, may take just a moment, but while that caller's, oh, there we go. They came on in. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Sorry, say that again. You're a bit a bit uh, quiet there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. So, how are you doing today? I'm uh, doing well. Exciting day with the Lakers pulling off a trade. Yes. I mean, I, I like the trade. I mean, is I mean, um, it's better than none. Okay. So, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a win. But um, I got a concern um, because. I see uh, Ray um, is like uh, Kuzma two years ago, okay? okay? When he was with the Lakers. Okay, so I remember um, um, when Kuzma was on the Lakers, I mean, we, I mean, Lakers fan was like, uh, we're like um, um, always mad at Kuzma and we always want to trade him. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So I see Rui like this right now because he's still young. But he might be, um, 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 he, he might become Kuzma right now in maybe in three to four years. I don't know, maybe less than that. We 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 we, we never have patience with 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 our with, with our young players, right? And 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 you know, um, LA pressure is 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 it's gonna be a pressure for those for those young players. So it might be even worse than Kuzma was two years ago so i i like it but i got i got some concern i got some concern about it okay and and that's that's certainly yeah. fair i mean look so Rui hachimura has you know he's got four years in the nba now uh, he's in his, his fourth year so hopefully that's you know he's given him some time to get his legs under him but that's fair. i mean look we were and i said it too i said that at the time i thought that moving on from kyle kuzma was probably going to be the right move for Kyle Kuzma, as well as potentially for the Lakers, depending on what the return was. But 
the sense was that Kyle Kuzma needed an opportunity to go spread his wings somewhere, to go somewhere where he could really show off all of his skills. And I think it's a little bit different in that the Lakers could never define a role for Kyle Kuzma. I mean, they, they out and out said it coming into the 2019-2020 season. I'll never forget, they, in, in media day, Jared Dudley was asked, hey, what do you, you, know, what's, what do you really like about this team so far? And he said, look, every single guy coming in knows exactly what their role is except for Kyle Kuzma. Because even the coaching staff at the time didn't know exactly what to do to him. Uh, was he a three? Was he a four? Should he start? Should he come off the bench? Do we need him to be a microwave scorer? Do we want him to try to be a versatile defender? He could do enough of everything that they didn't know how to really focus him. And I think that was part of the problem. That's not on Kyle Kuzma, but the sense was he needed to go somewhere where he was going to have the flexibility to get to go do everything and really grow his game. I don't know if the same holds true for Rui Hachimura. It's a very specific skill set that the Lakers need right now. They never really, and part of the reason why Lakers fans wanted to move Kyle Kuzma was he wasn't shooting well enough. Now, Rui Hachimura is not a great shooter in his, in his own right, but the hope was that once you traded Kuzma, you would still get back other players of his size and of his skill set that maybe could just slot into that role player type of mentality a little bit easier than Kyle Kuzma did. And, and, and I give Kuzma credit for fitting into that role as well as he did, despite having talent, I think, to exceed that role. I think with Rui Hachimura, you can put him into a, a situation where he's going to get more open looks than he ever has before, where defensively, he's going to be asked to just do the little things in terms of rotating, rebounding, boxing out, use that 6-8 frame. And so the hope is that he won't be asked to do too much, and that's actually going to improve his game, whereas Kuzma, I think, needed an opportunity to do more and got that when he went to Washington. Now, that's that's my optimistic glasses half full take, but I also think you're right that Lakers fans, historically, we, we're not the most patient bunch, and sometimes we want to see results sooner than is, is realistic for a, a young player. And again, Hachimura is just about to turn 25 years old. So I hear your concerns. I get it. I hope that's not where we wind up, but you do bring up a, a valid point there. Even even if it's uh, two uh, um, protect put, protect um, picks, I don't, I don't like it. If it's one one uh, one pick, okay, but two, no way. Um, I like like you say, I like Jacopo, but no, not for two. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. And hey, uh, thank you, thank you so much for coming on here. I I really appreciate it. All right, have a good one. Yeah, I'm 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 with him on that. The Jakob Pertl thing. You know what, Jakob Pertl, I, I like him a lot, uh, but I just don't know if that moves the needle enough to get Pertl. And especially when you've got Thomas Bryant in the fold, because then look, I mean, having a big man rotation of Anthony Davis, Thomas Bryant, Jakob Pertl, that's pretty damn good, right? That's that's good for the Lakers. But I don't know if you have to go get a Jakob Pertl. I think if you if you really want, if you're the Lakers, and you need to get another big. I think you specifically need to get a rim-protecting big, and I don't think it has to be a big that's going to command $20 million next year. Now, Miles Turner might be a different situation because he can also shoot the three, so I'm not saying, oh, you're just out on Miles Turner, but in general, if you're going to go get a big that doesn't shoot the three well, you might be better set just going after somebody that's a bit cheaper in terms of price tag and also isn't going to be expecting 25, 30 minutes a night um, playing for you, and that way you can more rotate them in in a rotation with Anthony Davis with 
Thomas Bryant, where if you feel like you need more rim protection, you can turn to that player. You need more offensive production. Thomas Bryant can be your go-to. So that's what I'm looking at if I'm if I'm the Lakers. And again, I like Pirtle a lot, but I, I feel like the price is not going to be right to, to get something done for the Lakers. All right, I'm going to take a couple more of these questions here. Oh, KM said trade for Kristaps Porzingis or Walker Kessler. Well, obviously the Wizards aren't trading Porzingis. One of the reasons why they traded Rui Hachimura was to free up time for Kuzma and Porzingis. Walker Kessler, not available. The Jazz will not be trading him or Lowry Markin. And those are the two players Utah will not trade. Black Mamba says Dame needs a new watch after tonight's game. That's the last of our, our, our super chat. Oh, no, we have one more. But I do love the comment there. Ricky so Jones and a first for Sadiq Bay, who only makes $3 million. I don't know if the Pistons will be willing to do it. I would try to fold that into a larger Bogdanovich deal. That's not bad. I like Sadiq Bay. That's not bad. I don't know. You, maybe you want to talk protections there on that pick or something, but that's not a bad deal. All right, let's bring in a few more of our callers. Let's see if I can get Dan the man in here. We can get him on board here. And uh, before we have to close out, we've got about 10 minutes or so left in our show this evening. What an exciting day. The Lakers pull off this trade. You just beat the Grizzlies. You just beat uh, the Blazers. Looking up right now for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, of course, you also have pretty important matchups coming up here. The Clippers game, that's going to be a big one. Can the Lakers get the win against the Crosstown Clippers? Especially, I mean, looking at the standings right now, everything is so ridiculously compact in the Western Conference. I mean, as of this moment, the Lakers are sitting in the 12th seed in the West. They are two games back of the 6th seed, and the Clippers sit in the 6th seed. So you can really make up some ground here if you can get a win over the Clippers while pushing down your opponent. But you know what? You look even at the point differential. You look at the point differential. Five through... Five through 13 in the Western Conference right now, the point differential for all of them is somewhere between the range of a positive 1.3 and a negative, what, 0.9. And unfortunately, that negative 0.9 is the, is the Lakers. Uh, they've had a few close losses, which has kind of driven that down. But nonetheless, the point differential for all of these teams is so close. It's so close. I mean, it just shows you how compact everything is in the West. I've talked about it, how, look, the, the situation they were in with getting the missed calls in a few games. You talk about the game against the Mavs. You look at the 76ers, right? They've had games where those calls get made if the foul against Troy Brown Jr. gets called against the Mavs or the foul against LeBron in overtime gets called against the Mavs and you win that game. And you, the foul against Embiid gets called against the 76ers and you win that game. And, uh, and then the Kendrick Nunn bump against the Sacramento Kings and you wind up winning that game. Switch those three games and the Lakers are, what, the sixth seed right now? Right? I mean, instead of 22 and 25, they'd be 25 and 22. And then they would be, oh, yeah, they would actually be the five seed right now in the Western Conference. I mean, that's that's how close this is. A couple of calls here and there, and you go from out of not even the play-in, not even in the play-in, to being a solid playoff team. It's amazing how tight everything is in the Western Conference right now. All right. We'll try to bring in our, our final caller here, and that is VZ. See if we can get them in. If that works out here for our show. By the way, our, our some of our Lakers Nation staff, including Ryan Ward, Matt Optimus Peralta, 
the Lakers are doing their all access night tonight. So they are, if you haven't seen it, go look on the Lakers nation Instagram account at Lakers nation official. There's footage there. I, I know Matt has put it on Twitter as well of Matt, the optimist Peralta knocking down threes at crypto.com arena, which is, which is pretty cool up. Oh, looks like VZ was not able to make it in. Well, that's all right. So the Lakers again, big day, big move. You get Rui Hachimura. I think he can be a solid piece for them. We've talked a lot about him tonight, but the Lakers are also not done. I want to finish up with this. The Lakers have opportunities to make other moves here as we head into the trade deadline. And the question is going to be, it's not just what's available right now, but what do they want their summer to look like? What do they want that to look like? Do they want to be an above the cap team where you've got a mid-level exception of about $11 million and a biannual exception of about $4 million. That's your spending power and then better minimums. Or do they want to operate as a below the cap team where you've got your cap space to spend and then the room exception, which will be $5 million and, and change and just under $6 million that you can go spend? That's going to be a big question for the Lakers. Do they feel like they can add guys with $24 million maybe in cap space that are going to be better, plus the room exception, so that adds you up to almost 30 million in money to go spend, or are they better off with taking on trading away? Say Russ is expiring. Patrick Beverly's expiring, taking on long-term salaries. And maybe you bring in some players like Terry Rozier, like Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Yaka Pertle, right? These are all some of the guys who are considered to be out there, who are considered to be options right now on the market. There's other players too. We were talking about Gary Trent Jr., Jalen McDaniels, right? There's, Lots of guys that are named that uh, we're going to see their names pop up between now and the trade deadline. And the question for the Lakers is going to be, is it worth it to add those guys right now? Or are they better off waiting and trying to get something done over the summer? Again, I've talked about it a lot. A lot of it's going to come down to the market, the value that we're seeing on the market. How much are the Lakers asked to pay in order to get a deal done? What does that look like? But, and do they think that these moves can actually propel them to the playoffs. One of my concerns, LeBron has been great. He's been absolutely fantastic. But one of my concerns is how much gas is LeBron going to have left in the tank if and when the Lakers do get to playoff time, if he's having to go through so much right now to get him there. So if there's a move that pops up and they're considering it, is it enough to where LeBron can take his foot off the gas pedal a little bit, hold something in reserve, come playoff time, and still get there and still win enough games to get there? So there are so many different factors for the Lakers to consider right now as they're heading into the February 9th trade deadline. Again, I like that the Lakers were the team to make this move. I like that they fired the opening shot. Now it kind of sets the market, and we'll see what opens up from here. Again, a lot of teams have been demanding first-round picks. We'll see if this causes them to come off of that and put even more players onto the market, and if perhaps it could even provide a little bit more spending power with the first-rounders that the Lakers do have potentially available for trade. Again, I do not expect the Lakers to be done. I expect them to be very much in the thick of things, in the discussion between now and February 9th. Even if they don't pull something off, at least they can say they added some help on the wing, which was certainly badly needed. But I wouldn't be surprised if they've got another move up their sleeve sometime between now and February 9th. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank everybody who came in and joined me uh, live over on AMP. If you haven't done it yet, check out the AMP app. You can download it. Uh, from iOS and find me at Trevor Lane and you can join some of our podcasts live. I always promote it out there on social media, letting people know 
when they can call into the show and become part of the show that way. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast version of an Apple podcast, Spotify, the Lakers Nation podcast, sure would appreciate those five-star ratings and reviews. And then if you're watching the YouTube version of this show, well, thank you guys again as well. Coming in from YouTube, make sure you are subscribing. Turn on notifications. We're going to keep you in the, in the know on everything heading up to February 9th, the trade deadline. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.